We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Vix applying pressure, not fouling. Shot clock down to five. Melton for the dagger. No. Got it back. And that is going to do it. Nick's not fouling. About a six-second difference game in shot clock. There's the violation, but it is all cosmetic at this point. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the KFS Post Game Show. Uh, my name is Andrew. His name is Jeremy, and we are here to recap the Knicks' Christmas Day loss to the Philadelphia 76ers. 119-112 is your final. Um, I'm sure there'll be some takes about uh, about referees, um, some fourth quarter performances. Um, and Jeremy, I, I'll start this off. Uh, what two completely different RJ Barrett games that we've seen in the last two? One, one very high, high, and not the not exactly the highest of highs, not exactly the lowest of lows. He's absolutely played worse before, but I don't want to say that's a difference in the game. Um, lots of break, a lot to break down at least as far as this week goes and how this game goes. What's your initial thought? Missed opportunity. This, I mean, it feels like this whole week was kind of a, a mm. bunch of missed opportunities, which is so frustrating. And, um, you know, we're last week we we're talking about seven game winning streak and how great that was. And now we're looking at a three game losing streak. And uh, it's just how quickly things turn in the NBA. But for today, the Knicks really needed RJ and he wasn't able to provide for them in the way that he had, especially in the previous game. And Julius Randle was great in the first half. Incredible. And the second half, there was a drop-off. And, you know, we can talk about the fact that the Sixers had 20 free throws in the first half and found a way to bait calls. And that final play of the first half Mm. where Brunson was very clearly fouled. And then Milton hits that shot. And at that moment, it was kind of like, all right, that's just probably how today's going to go. Cool. Sure enough. Yeah. But they just... They didn't execute down the stretch in the end of the third and practically the entire fourth only scored 16 points. So yeah. would have been really nice if RJ had been the RJ we had seen, but other guys had to step up and felt like the only player who really did in the fourth was quickly. Quickly. Yeah. The, the refereeing in the first half and we got, we got John tweeting about it to the point where, you know, it was bad if John is even saying it, that play, you don't like to limit a 48 minute game with, 
close to 100 possessions down to one play. Um, but when if Brunson gets correctly called for a, a foul on Harden there and the Knicks get two free throws there, I'm not going to assume Jalen Brunson hits two free throws. I made that mistake the other night against Chicago. Uh, but say he does hit both. He's an 87% shooter. You're up eight at halftime. Instead, they don't call it a fluke half-court shot. And it's a three-point game at the half. It felt like a gigantic momentum swing the other way. And look, yes, poor execution down the stretch. The Knicks are playing shorthanded. I think it's actually showing how shorthanded they are. Um, RJ, yeah, he went six for 21 today. He also played 43 minutes. Um, and had, and the way that they were switching today requires a lot of effort. They're just... I, I'm not going to be shocked if they're going to run out of gas earlier in games, especially when the other team is James Harden and Joel Embiid and guys hitting threes like George Yang hitting four threes in a quarter and uh, either a Melton or a Milton hitting a bunch of threes for the game. Um, and look, I said this on, on Twitter, but like this is what makes Friday night's lost hurt even more because you can tolerate losing to a better team. But when you pile it on with the loss on Friday and how you really choked that one away, it magnifies the missed opportunities that you're referring to this week. And I don't know about you, but why does this keep happening at home? It seems like they seize all these opportunities on the road, you know? Yeah. Other players love to play in the garden and the Knicks kind of just seem to let them do their thing. And they're great when we're not here. So I just, you know, Knicks have to psychologically find a way to pretend that the garden isn't home court advantage. I don't know. The, the gutters, I mean, obviously protecting the paint, protecting yeah. their home floor is the most important thing, but we got to get psychological and like, oh yeah, we're on the road today. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Got to do something. It's mm-hmm. not working here. Well, everybody watching, thank you for joining us. Um, we're obviously filling in for, for the big guy, uh, Mr. Macri, but uh, he may reach out to us soon um, because maybe, you won in predictions this week and we're yeah. going to go through the full, full process of the show a little later on. We've got our cashback player of the week. We've got our detention and an interesting list of candidates for this week. Um, and of course, we'll make our predictions for the, the upcoming week. But let's get into it. We should mention just some stats from today's game. Julius Randle was outstanding in the first half finishes with 30, excuse me, 35 points, eight rebounds, four assists, two steals. Uh, in a game the Knicks lost by 12, by seven, he was a plus five for the game. Um, I did think he forced some stuff down the stretch, but I also thought it, I also thought it was like a, a overall a pretty good Randall game. Um, 12 for 24, so he was efficient, four nine from three. If the Knicks are trending toward an all star this, this year, I still would like it to be Jalen Brunson. I think nationally we might hear. Some Julius Randle conversations coming up soon. Um, Jalen Brunson, by the way, did leave this game late in the fourth quarter with an apparent hip injury. We'll see what that means for Dallas on Tuesday. It would suck if you're a Mavericks fan and you wanted to see the Jalen Brunson return. It would also really suck if you're a Knicks fan trying to avoid a four-game losing streak in Dallas on Tuesday. He finished with 23 points, 11 assists, um, 10 of 19 from the field. And then this is going to come up, but R.J. Barrett, 17 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists. The counting stats are great. 6 of 21 from the field today. Um, any other stat lines point out to you? Stick out to you? I know Quigley had, Quigley had a nice game off the bench. Uh, I'll point out one stat line that I think was pretty important. Uh, the minivan, 
George uh-huh. George Nyang. <laughs> 16 points on 6 of 11 shooting, uh-huh. 4 of 9. I swear, if I had to hear the minivan one more time, I was, was going to lose it. Um, but, you know, uh, Bobby Marks tweeted about how the Sixers had, they took 10 shots in the first five minutes of, of the fourth quarter, and they were all three-point attempts. Mm-hmm. The Sixers just found a way to break down the Knicks' defense, three-point defense. I thought... Um, that one play, what was it? It was either Milton or Milton. I think it was Milton who Nyang kicked it out to him. And then he started to drive, which took the focus away from Grimes to, put, to cut in. And then he kicked it out to Nyang, who just hit another three above the break. They executed it flawlessly. It, it was, you know, just stuff like that chipping away that made what was um, a very tenuous lead evaporate. And then mm-hmm. just they never looked back. It stinks that that fourth quarter went the way it did. They they were playing so well for three quarters. Yeah. The, the off thirty assists to eight turnovers today for the Knicks. Yeah, and Harden. Sorry, I'm, good. Harden just did what he did. I mean, he's. We can talk about his decline from a superstar player to to still like a really great player mm-hmm. star, but he made things happen. And at the end of the day, he showed up. He's no longer MVP candidate, James Harden. Mm-hmm. He's still all-star James Harden. And look, when you're the you're playing the the Robin role, this is we're having a guy that's probably overqualified to be Robin in this role comes in handy. It's why like I'm frustrated by that fourth quarter. I, w- I was hoping the Knicks could pull this one out and just keep the consistent offense, but you just did it. That's that end of the third, fourth quarter is like, oh, they have James Harden. And it wasn't like the annoying version of Harden where he was foul baiting. You know, he was creating uh, advantages. And then, like you said, just wide open three after wide open three, whether it be a Melton or a Milton and the minivan, as they consistently said. I got to say, I, I was I saw some some commentary on Twitter about the broadcast. Uh, I was kind of fine with Ruko and JJ. I'm actually very fine with JJ overall as a as a play by as a as a color commentator. Um, I I think yes. I also got sick of the minivan, but also because it was him that was beating them was more the frustration I had. You know, yeah. I, I like them both. I thought what JJ said about Embiid when he switches to his left hand and goes most likely he's going to go for the step back was fascinating. Something mm-hmm. I hadn't viewed, and, and I like them. I like them both. Um, it just yeah, it. I like them more when my team is the one winning as they're calling the game. That wasn't the case today. Yeah. Um. Let's spend some time with our good friends. I should mention, I don't think I've said this yet. Merry Christmas to everybody watching us here on Christmas Day uh, doing a post post game. Um, I will wish you a happy holidays, Jeremy, and to those who obviously don't celebrate Christmas. Merry uh, happy holidays uh, to those watching. Um, we're going to have some fun for, for the next a little bit of time. And we're going to get to all your Super Chat comments and... Uh, we'll do some segments and then we'll get out of here. And uh, thank you for spending a portion of this holiday uh, with us. We greatly appreciate it. And so do our good friends over at WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit www.winbet.com to start winning. Download the win. Oh, excuse me. Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100. Win $100. That's bet 100 win 100 at W-Y-N-N-B-E-T dot uh, C-O-M. Download, bet, win. Um, real quick, just going to recap how betting and sweating went today. We're so close, Jeremy. Mm. So close. So here's how it went. Um, I went with Jalen Brunson, at least two three-pointers. I actually got plus odds that plus 110. 
Um, XJ, it wouldn't have hit it without the Brunson injury, but he went with quickly two plus three pointers, hit the second one late in the, the fourth quarter when he came in at minus 105. So that hits two for two. Mensa went with a parlay. Grimes, at least two three pointers. Uh, at minus 154, combined with Brunson over six assists, minus 125. That hits, so we're four for four. And then Sean went with a parlay and beat 35-plus points and rebounds mixed with the Knicks money line. So we go five for six today, really three for four, but five for six. We're the Knicks money line away from a six for six double parlay hit for betting and sweating. Um, but we're on our game over the last couple of games. So shout out to the, the pregame crew for holding it down with the betting and sweating picks. We head now to our wonderful fine folks over in the super chat. And we start with forgotten NYC Christmas is ruined. Bah humbug. I, I'm sorry that this ruined your Christmas. I will also add his next comment. Eight game winning streak feels like centuries ago. Luca next. Ironically, they play really well in Dallas, though. Like they've won their last three straight games in Dallas. They've won every game yes. in Dallas since the Porzingis trade. Yes. And Julius plays exceptionally well when he kills goes to in Dallas. Dallas. Yeah. He goes home. He does great. So fingers crossed that would be the case. Yeah. For those of you who do celebrate Christmas, I'm sorry your Christmas is ruined. Uh, for the rest of us who do not celebrate Christmas, yeah, December 25th is just really crappy today. I'm sorry. It's unfortunate. Um, you know, It'll really put a damper on my Chinese food before we <laughs> watch a movie. But before then, yeah, it's I know it does feel like centuries ago. And that's what's so frustrating about the Bulls game, because if the Knicks win that game, even if they lose this one, it's a two and two week. And sure, the eight game winning streak, it's snapped. We're talking about, all right, well, they lost one, 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 lost one, lost two out of three. It, it's it's all right. Had a great streak. And instead, it's just one good streak, really great streak. And then not so great streak. Let's try to clean this up. Mm hmm. You just hit one of my Christmas traditions I'm missing out on today. Now, I was going to miss it anyway because I'm out in Queens, but my family's Christmas tradition um, is uh, Pastor Claudio and the Claudio family. We always go see a movie. And then afterwards, because it's one of the only places open, we go get Chinese food. They're at Avatar now. And I'm... I'm here now. I wasn't. I'm, we're we're spending Christmas tomorrow. Like my Claudio Christmas is tomorrow because mm-hmm. we're also doing my mom's birthday. But now I'm like, oh, I'm I'm gonna miss out on Chinese food tonight. So yeah. regard regardless, wouldn't wouldn't want to be anywhere else but with you right here on YouTube, Jeremy. I Likewise, can guarantee, can guarantee you that. <laughs> Next up, Kevin Wilson. He echoes my sentiment earlier. This loss wouldn't feel so bad if they didn't completely choke away the Bulls game. That was my entire thought during the fourth quarter. This is so much more tolerable if you have the win off the RJ performance on Friday. You lost your better team. Fine. It's two and two this week. No harm, no foul. You go on the road and hopefully you still head into this stretch where you're hoping um, to take advantage of a, a better schedule. Now, man, they lose on Tuesday. You're looking at plus eight to minus four in the in the wins and loss columns. Um but you haven't said anything publicly since the the Bulls game. What were your What was your thoughts on Friday night? Disappointing. Yeah, I mean, it should go without you know being said. But you had an, an, a wonderful opportunity to close the door, have a season sweep of the Bulls, and you let them in. And I know we can't just say, "Oh, well, free throws," but that was a major part of it. If you're missing four free throws, with you sure you can't just say, "Well, free throws." Well, because I mean, you, you can never boil it down to one thing, right? There's always going to be other parts, but in the in that moment, 
when you when one of your players is giving you 44 points and you can't hit a free throw, mm-hmm. then yeah, that's certainly a thing that stands out. And all they need was one, right? Like that's it. Just need one free throw. At worst, the way it shakes out is you have the same scenario with DeRozan, you push it to overtime. At worst, in that case. Mm-hmm. I mean, or granted, let's say they make a three. Cool. All right. Then we're back in the same spot. But if you hit two of those free throws, yeah, the, the, the dynamic changes if you then, hit. Right. It's yeah. just, yeah, it's the little things. So the tough part for me, and it's what I struggled with Friday night talking about it was like, so there was a sentiment and I, I shared it when we were before we got even into the super chat that like, I didn't like to quickly only play 21 minutes. I thought the defense across the board was a step slow, but Brunson, an 89% free throw shooter. Grimes, an 81% free throw shooter. They go 0 for 4 in the final minute from the free throw line. They go 50%. They give us 2 for 4. And you're up by 3 going into that final possession. And it's why I'm just like, that. It really, you really can limit it down where you're talking about the margins to free throws. So in 15 to 26, they go 19 of 26. It's still not good, but you win the game <laughs> in that sense. And that's where... Man, I'm with you, Kevin. It's it's why that one hurts way more than this. But this piled on with that makes makes this week even more frustrating. Um, thank you, Kevin, for the contribution. DJ MKC. I hate basketball. F Embiid, F Harden, F free throws, F zone defenses we can't figure out. F all the refs. And Merry Christmas to the KFS fam. <laughs> Merry Christmas to you too, G- DJ MKC. And I'll co-sign all of your Fs. How's that? Um, they, the the nine man rotation has worked, to the, for the most part. They really miss offense in the second unit. They really miss a, a shot creator, an advantage creator. Yeah. RJ's doing his thing quickly when he can is good. The the Hartenstein Sims thing was cute. I I'm glad that, but people hopefully see how much they miss Obi a little bit. Just the the the, the lightning strike that he can provide at times. Um, I the zone defense specifically against like JJ commented on that today specifically against the second unit is killing them. Yeah, so. no, it is. It's hundred percent, and this is why mm. you know we had an embargo. I'm not going to necessarily go into it more in terms of ideal trade play. Oh, the embargo's over. Yeah, you I know. Well, right, you had want. last time I was here, mm-hmm. there was a very strict embargo. Mm-hmm. But it's the sort of thing where an additional creator, as you're saying, someone with more pull-up shooting in addition. I mean, like, yes, obviously adding Obi back to this will be super helpful. I mean, when you're playing Sims and Hartenstein, you're gobbling up offensive boards and it's great, but they're also not major threats off the dribble. And so if you can find someone using salary that you already have at your disposal, that's collecting dust, it'd be great to find a way to bring someone in who can contribute in such a way that solidifies the bench. So there's not as much pressure on the starting lineup. And it's great that there's mixing and matching and tips has been doing that all season, but you have to think, yeah, at a certain point, does it catch up with them? Do they need someone else who can really step in? And we're, we're talking about also a team that's been decimated by I mean, I don't, I don't even want to say decimated by injuries. It's really Obi. He's the it's, one who, who yeah. hurts. But they've done, they, they have taken Fournier and Reddish out of the rotation entirely. And I'm not trying to speak this into existence, but I really hope that the Knicks keep everyone healthy because if there is someone else who isn't able, who's a major rotation piece, who's not able to play, then you're looking at Rose in to give you minutes that are really not going to be great. You need someone else to help 
keep you kind of buoyant as the season rolls on and in the playoffs. It would really help solidify the bench in that way. Uh, Quickly's doing a lot. He's doing as much as he can. He's had a great week, I thought, but it's just um, they need someone else. Yeah. Yeah. Anthony Sixto. Merry Christmas. I want an offensive spark in the second unit for Christmas. Hashtag Claudio curse. So the yep. Knicks are now one in three since. And look, go back and look at the tape. What I said was mm-hmm. if they go something like 13 and five during this 18 game stretch against favorable under 500 opponents, um, then maybe they'll get two all stars. And it has become I said they go 13 and five and every game they lose is my fault. I'll wear it. I got overconfident. They were winning every game. Never thought they'd lose again. My football team was winning. My baseball team was signing everybody. Now, my football team might not ever win again. Carlos Correa is probably going to end up a Dodger. And um, the Knicks are probably going to go 5-13 and 13 in this stretch instead. Jeremy, I apologize, everybody, for, for my existence more particularly. So, have, Merry Christmas to you too, Anthony. <laughs> oh, man. Michael Miranda. Trade Randall. Wow. Oh, okay. There's more to the there's more to the comment. Okay. Trade Randall now the value has somewhat recovered, especially if Brunson is out for any extended period. Refs need to be fixed, and RJ should have sat. So, what do you think about this? Would you have sat RJ? Uh, for for whom? Like, I guess the thought is for quickly, and then I just I don't know how you bench a guy after a 44 point performance. But they were playing quickly. Brunson was injured. They could. But, like, um, so I guess the initial the initial comment here is like before you knew Brunson was hurt, then you said RJ because of how off of a game he was having. No, well, I mean, look at look. I get it. In this particular game, there were moments where he was struggling, and then he was he hit a bad game. But the way that I see it is, you have someone who has had the one of the best stretches of his entire career, mm-hmm. and because he doesn't have it going for a little bit, and we've seen far worse. And Tibbs has been like, yeah. I'm cool with it, RJ. You're playing. I mean, look at how large the Sixers are as a team. They're they're very big. The Knicks are like, who are we putting instead? Like, yes, we could say quickly, we could say Grimes and Brunson. But again, if Brunson's not doing his thing, you still have RJ, who has been productive this past week and onward. I, I just don't understand why you're taking him out of the lineup to bench him for this game when you know that he has it in him to propel himself. And he's also usually statistically he's a second half player yeah he just didn't have it going in the second half so um no and i also i mean i feel like we have this trade randall topic it feels like it pops up every game um he has a great game sell wall high he has a bad game get him off the team like i I don't we're talking about someone who's in the all-star conversation yeah and this doesn't feel like it's a fluke you know like two seasons ago it felt fluky not in the heat of the moment I mean, we were wondering, okay, well, does it have something to do with that? There's no one in the stands. Does it have something to do with that? He's just on fire. Is it Tibbs? What is it? I don't know. This is legitimate production. This, he, he floundered at the end of the game. Don't get me wrong, but we have seen enough good from him that it's like, all right, trade him. Well, for what? Like what for to a team that gives you like two late first round picks where you can hopefully trade them for someone better than Randall down the line. Like he's playing really well. Hold on to that. You don't have to make anything rash. To me, it's upgrade or it's be consistent and stay. That's the Knicks can get an upgrade because whoever they're trading him to, they're probably not getting a player who is as good or better than him, which means that they are losing games, which means that they are getting further down in the standings, which is the exact opposite of what the front office wants. 
And we could say, oh, well, the Knicks should, you know, then in that case, be fine with losing games. Why? Why? Like they're, they're building a team to win. We want to see them win. Players' values increase when they win. There's another team whose draft pick they hold in the Mavs, where hopefully they can start losing some more games again. You can always trade up. You have all these other picks that you have at your disposal. That's you trade out of the 11th spot, get three protected first, or, you know, at your disposal now. Use them, use them to move up. You don't have to do it. So, no, I, like I don't, I don't get it. It just, it feels like a reflex when this is a consistent production from a player who deserves to be in the all-star conversation, I believe has a legitimate candidacy for being in that game. You don't just trade that. Look, I'm at the point in my ride with Randall journey where I'm, I'm fine if it's an off season upgrade, but that's like, you said it, like the, the dumping him for Jay Crowder and a couple of like, like a protected whatever. And that poo poo platter just for the sake of getting rid of him is off the table for me. I'm not against trading him. I don't think there's really an untradeable player on this team, but I am at the point of like, all right, they've, they've figured something out that this season could at least be fun. And if you want to upgrade the position to get better or to get a quote unquote said star, and you're using Julius Randall as the, the player you use to, yes. to upgrade, then fine. I just, I, I do think a lot of this sentiment comes from what we had last year, how we spent this offseason, how most spent this offseason. I know it was until the very end that you did. Um, I think it's more leftover PTSD from from last season, which he's got like he's got to wear that. He was awful last year. He's been the exact opposite. And like you said, there are people in attendance this season. I he he what happens this year is is seemingly sustainable. It's not an open gym all-star anymore or a yeah, an open gym all-star. He's actually doing this with sold out crowds and you know, we'll see we'll see what that that conversation even looks like. He was also outstanding today too, which has yes. to be said. And Bede was hitting everything and then Fred Katz noted through three quarters, they had the same exact stat line. Yep. And he didn't have the benefit of getting every single call in the second quarter. He actually was making shots as opposed to Embiid at that point. I just want to yeah. say if if Randall is having a better and more efficient off offensive season than he did the year that he was named to the All-Star game, won the most improved player award, and was named to the second team all NBA, if he's doing better than that and his defense is looking like it has, like what are we talking about? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, move him for a for a star or superstar who's better than him. I a hundred percent agree with that. But until then, no. Sorry. Not interested. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, quick break to tell you about WinBet, the official sports book of Nick's Film School. Ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards are right at your fingertips with Win Rewards on WinBet. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports from the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, the WNBA, college football, and more. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet 100, win 100. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. That's wynnbet.com to start winning. Download, bet, win. It's that simple. Robert Cross, Merry Christmas, KFS peoples. Do the Knicks make a trade to improve? Oh, wow, Robert has joined in on the 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 rant, the, the trade conversation. Yes, uh, do we move? Do we do the Knicks make a trade to improve the roster before the deadline? Hashtag fifty three wins. I'm actually going to push this question off. Thank you, Robert, for the contribution. Jeremy will be answering these questions in a separate show called cap rules, everything around me bring all of these questions. We, we, it's not even like solely super chats that we address, bring all of your trade ideas and questions. The one word answer is I think, yes, I think you also think yes. Yeah. I said it earlier. That was, we can apply that answer to this question. There you go. Thank you, Robert. And he's got more coming. Don't worry. Bulldog boxing promotions. Thank you for the contribution. Sims. I heart lineup was, Fine while it lasted, but I'm done. Minus 12 together in eight minutes tonight. Teams are going to zone on them and shut us down. The book is out. Cosign, 100 set agree. You mentioned it earlier. This is, you know, it was it was cute. And now it's it's seemingly like you need a, a athletic stretch four that might be able to create ex- advantages. Not even a stretch four, whatever you want to call Obi, a backup power forward that can play 18 minutes and maybe even 20 some nights. I, 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 I'm at the I, I'm in agreement with Bulldog Boxing Promotions. Um, then Michael Morando, this actually is probably on top of what he says about Randall um, in his last comment. He says Brunson out equals tank. Enough said. 
it's just never going to happen in this organization. (laughs) All right. So there are two different types of directions we're talking about here. Are we saying that the Knicks are so bad that Brunson is the most important player and that the Knicks will have a downward spiral? Or are we saying that Brunson gets hurt and then the Knicks decide to strip the roster to then tank, despite the fact that they have won enough games where other teams clearly have a leg up on the competition. Mm -hmm. If we're talking about that, they're not going to do that. That'd be the antithesis of what they have done. If we're talking about the talent level, I mean, I just disagree. What we're seeing from Julius Randle, what we're seeing from RJ Barrett as he's come back, we've seen tremendous strides from Grimes. Mitchell Robinson has had a you know really nice job. He's done a really nice job uh, last few weeks, and um, I just I don't like how how would how would they tank? I don't see how it would happen. They they're, they're a good they'll... team that plays above that punches above its weight. And then gets knocked down by, you know, what you hope are really good teams. But Toronto and Chicago, that's that's where it's frustrating. It seemed like they are a worse team in the, in the standings on paper. Maybe not. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. They're not going to tank. Julius Randle is also the oldest player in the rotation right now. Like, this is a youth movement. This is a, a, a roster full of kids that are re- responsible for what we've seen over the last three weeks. So... It's almost like what you're asking for in tanking is you want to see a youth movement where most of the kids that you've drafted are part of the rotation, which is what you got. I understand the sentiment that if you get rid of Randall, it's easier to do that. Plus, you get to see what you have in Obi Toppin. Realistically, this front office is just never going to do that. So unfortunately, I don't think it's going to happen, Michael. Um, Andy, do I look like Two-Face right now? I. I didn't want to say it. Uh, you know what? <laughs> I just realized this. Yeah. Is, we always record at night when you're. We do. Right here. You know so what? This Hold is on. the first time I found out where where your windows are. It's great. I got great windows, window, so. but you answer the question. I'm gonna not you jump like off and fix that. Go ahead. Correct. All right. Shout out to Harry Donard uh, for a sizable contribution. Thank you, Harry. We always appreciate you uh, in here. Um, and you have a comment. Expected this loss, but in true Knicks fashion, they teased us. Maybe we get some foul call regression at some point. Merry Christmas to the whole KFS fam. That second quarter, man. (sighs) Knicks are up double figures. And every time, and now Tibbs is taking ownership of it. He's saying that we were, that the Knicks were reaching in. I'll hear that if it wasn't for the fact that like the Knicks were not getting the same whistle at the other end of the floor with the same amount of contact. And this is a consistent thing that happens. And a consistent thing that happens against the Knicks at the Garden. I'm, I'm, I'm also, I tend to lean more toward the, like, I don't blame the officials. They're, they're all bad, so it's tough to be like, the officials are why we lost. It's tough when you watch a sequence like that. And the reason the Sixers got back in the game is because, oh, we have superstars. Well, let's take a advantage of superstar calls for five minutes. It's 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 annoying, you know? And it's, it's I don't know. It, it sounds like whining when you're just whining about the refs, but when it's so much of a disparity like we saw during that stretch, it's it's tough not to, to notice it, you know? Yeah, it sure is. I mean, Embiid did a great job of baiting it. And he had a phenomenal game, so I don't want to take away from it. He did a wonderful job otherwise than that, but he took advantage of what the referees were giving him. And it was for Mitch. I thought he did a really admirable job defending him. He just got into foul trouble and then Sims came in and Sims didn't really have much of a chance. Just, just a real challenge for him. 
yeah, it just it started in a lot of ways with the officials and they capitalized. And then that was the game in so many ways because it just kept things close. And then they blew it open and that end of the third quarter and the beginning of the fourth. Thank you for the contribution, Harry. Merry Christmas to you and, and yours as well. Uh, DJ Eon, Mr. Stevens B. Guillaume. Um, Merry Christmas, KFS, KFS team. Couldn't buy a bucket in the fourth. Oh, and the NBA refs won't see the pearly gates. Enjoy the rest of the day. Uh, shout out to you, to Stevens. We appreciate the contribution. Robert Cross. Hartenstein has zero utility on the Knicks. None. Need to sit when Obi returns. Should be traded. What do you think happens when Obi returns? Hartenstein or Sims? Sims sits. I think it's Sims too. Yeah. No, it's going to be Sims. Again, it's not that Hartenstein has zero utility. It's that what he brings is different from what a what what Tibbs especially likes on the offensive Mm -hmm. end. And like some of the passes he made this week were incredible. Yeah. I quickly forget the Warriors game, you know. Right, exactly. That's what he brings to the table. When he is not used in that way, then it, he looks worse. Like if you can't shine and your flaws are glaring, then you're going to look even worse than you actually are. But he has I mean, the defensive rebounding is just not good. A litany of other things and other issues. But uh, you know, we could talk more about his trade value and situation, and all that. But in the meantime, it's just. He is going to be their backup center. And I think that the way the Knicks view it is they'd be fine spending the rest of the season like they did last year with Sims being the backup five. It's just they'd want enough value to, to retain from Hartenstein or else why are they necessarily doing it? We'll I'll be honest. I could go either way with the who he chooses. I'm not I'm not passionate. Like I hear both sides of the argument. I like the athleticism that Sims brings. I like the playmaking potential that um, Hartenstein brings I it's the backup five Mitch Robinson has been a revelation for the past three weeks so mm-hmm. it's more it's more that's my focus is that oh this is all the takes that we were like oh maybe maybe we could have just let Mitch walk or traded him for anything we're silly because he's been part of the reason part of the advantage the Knicks have is second chance points which they were talking about all day today um, so who the backup center is it's like I, I need Obi back more than anything at this point to to then decide who the backup center is and have it work out itself. Uh, Mangu Man, thank you for the contribution. I know it's nice to lie to ourselves during the win streak, but let's be real. We're not a proven team and we don't beat proven teams plain and simple. The Sixers have Joel Embiid and James Harden. Like, no, I don't think the Knicks were good enough. We're better than this team. I thought their ceiling at the end of the winning streak. Granted, I'm the one that said watch them go 13 and five, but I was looking at a favorable schedule. I still think there are five teams at least better than them in the conference. So I thought this could have put some distance between them and seventh, but yeah, the five proven teams ahead of them. The other two losses this week where they were missing Grimes, got nothing out of their bench unit, and Pascal Siakam decided he was Giannis for a night. And then the other loss. They hit three more free throws in a night that Jalen Brunson uncharacteristically missed two and um, um, Quentin Grimes uncharacteristically missed two in the last minute of the game. We're talking about a, a two and two week, maybe even a three and one week. And the one loss is to the better team. Um, I don't know. I think they're in that six to 10 range, which is what we all thought they were coming into the season. And 
it's been nice during this stretch to see the distance they are from the bottom of the conference. But now you're seeing how close they are to the middle of the conference. At least that's where I'm seeing Jeremy. I mean, forget about the sixth seed, right? How many folks out there were predicting the Knicks would maybe, you know, be the eighth seed or the ninth seed? Yeah, in the yeah. Season? a lot like of tens in there. Yeah, right. And I just I, you can only play who is in front of you on the schedule. It's as simple as that. And the fact is that the Knicks won eight of those games in a row. But it, it's it's more than that, right? Because we can talk about the Mavericks game and how awful that whole third quarter was and what it turned into. But I want to go back further than that, right? So, like, the Knicks had a two-and-two trip in the West Coast. They beat Utah. It was the Utah's first home loss of the season. They beat Denver for the first time since 2006. Granted, obviously, Jokic was out. But that's a game that the Knicks, in the past, lose without Jokic anyway. They did that. Um, They lost in Golden State, and they lost in Phoenix. So, November 21st, this is where things get fascinating. Final game of that five-game stretch, uh, uh, five-game road trip, they beat the Thunder. They lose in overtime to the Blazers, a game that they should have won, but did not close the door. Um, After that, they lost by only four at home to the Grizzlies. They beat the Pistons by 30. Mm -hmm. The Bucs game, they were right there in lockstep. So if we're talking about those five teams that are ahead of the Knicks, they were right there with them. Giannis fouled out. They were a Grayson Allen three away from making it what could have been a Knicks win. Didn't happen. They lost it, but they hang tough. And that's great. The Mavs game happens. Atrocious third quarter performance. Before then, Knicks were doing quite well. They were keeping pace with them. And then the beginning of the eight-game winning streak. They beat Cleveland, 92-81. Another one of those teams is ahead of the Knicks, right? Beat Atlanta, Charlotte, Sacramento, Chicago twice on the road, Indiana on the road, beat Golden State at home. Like two of those five teams that we just talked about were beaten. We could talk about an eight-game stretch where the Knicks won every single game. We can also talk about how, let's see, 8 of 9, 9 of 10, 10 of 11, 11 of 12, 12 of their last 13 games before that loss to the Raptors were either wins or this close. Mm -hmm. I I know it's easy to get caught up in this. This is a very very good team that has a lower ceiling because they don't have the superstar talent that they need. They're hanging tough. That's that's what we can ask of them. Again, I think the Bulls game would have changed a lot of the perspective maybe wouldn't change um mango man's comment and i I don't disagree with that i think that's fine the the idea of not beating proven teams but they have they have beaten proven teams and they've come really close to beating proven teams as well so what can you do just wait just wait until they get star talent that's what you can do actually i agree jj not JJ Reddick, the actual spelled out JJ. Uh, enough of the Sims iHeart lineup, please. Cosign. I agree. Mm-hmm. Sam Garcia, uh, to all uh, KFS, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. To all in household Garcia, because all of you contribute, contribute to us. Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to you as well. Liam Berkowitz, um, thank you for the contribution. Randall had it going within the flow of the offense first half, kick out threes, attack closeouts, sputtered manufacturing pick and roll, and ISO in the second. I'll yeah. disagree on this entire second because some of those those kickouts happened in the third quarter. That pass to Brunson in yeah. the in the late in the third, like Brunson had eleven points in the third quarter. Five of them are on Randall fines, like because he was able to find him in that in that stretch. Like the fourth quarter is bad. I agree. I have I've 
I thought Randall actually played a, a very, very good game for two and a half, two and three quarters of the game. Um, and then the fourth quarter, like everything fell apart. So I can't yes. completely foot put that on him. I do agree that like this is the version of Randall that I think we're both finding more sustainable than than last year's version or even the two years ago version where it's not all dependent on long twos. The shot making lately from three is is also really great. He had what four threes today. Iran was four of nine from three. It's second straight game with at least four threes, which for his position is actually really good. Um, but I can understand at the end of the game, you're frustrated and he's the one you single out though. I thought the, I'm glad he made it, but I was shocked when he took a pull up too. Mm. like that, that long mid range shot. I was like, what do you, Oh, all right. I'm like, granted the result was better than the process itself, but I, it was just like, he's cleaned it up a lot, which is why like that towards the very end of the fourth, when, um, when he was taking that, when he pulled up also from mid range, it mm. just wasn't a good shot. Um, I think it was from the strong side. It's just like, what do you, why, why? I didn't know. So, yeah. So it's, it's funny was, you say this yes. because I'm looking at a shot chart now and I remember writing down this example. So bear with me. I'm going to go someplace. So obviously being a Jets fan, we're kind of out on the, the quarterback. They took second overall. There is a contingent of Jet fans that look at Zach Wilson and they're like, you don't see like the superstar potential every now and then from him, like why they took him second overall. And I forget who said it, but I heard the take this week that it's basically every six plays, you're going to get one play from Zach Wilson that it's like, oh, there, there it is. There's the potential. That's why they took him second overall. This, this is only a play Aaron Rodgers can make, but you're stuck with so much shit for the other like 80% of the time, you know, I guess in this case, five, six. So that's 87% of the time, right? With Randall, it's almost been the opposite this year for five of six plays. You're going to see the, the commitment to getting to the paint, the penetrating and kickouts that you're getting. But once every six plays, he's going to take a long contested two that you hate. He's going to hold the ball for entirely too long. He's going to make one, um, uh, 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 isolation that you're just like this could have been a better possession than you taking PJ Tucker one on one. I just I think you're gonna have to deal with it. He's not LeBron James. He's not Kevin Durant. He's in two tiers below that, and it's he's been fine. He's been really good for for what you expect for a person in that tier this season at least. That's my thoughts on on Randall. You're gonna have to live with those in order to get the the potential all star that we're getting this season. Robert Cross, this question is for two of my favorite KFS peoples. Should the Knicks move Randall or do? Uh huh. Do you ride with Randall? I'm it. Wait till the off season, unless a superstar is available at the deadline. That's how it should be. That's how I. That's where I am at this point. Thank yeah. you, Robert. Um, Will Oliver, I mentioned this Friday night. What's our record on home matinees? Feels cursed. They haven't won yet this year. I know that much. Yeah. Three. yeah, the game we yep. went to, the Thunder mm-hmm. game, the Maverick game that almost got everybody fired. And yep. then this game, which, you know, it stinks. So now we know the Knicks can't play at noon anymore. I don't think they I went looking for a potential date for another KFS outing, Jeremy. And the only time that really it's possible is the last game of the season. I mean, who's it's against the Pacers, Pacers right? Yeah. Yeah, that could be an interesting one. 
the playoff, oh, implications. playoff implications. That's right. If you think but, the Pacers will still be around around then. Yeah. Or if, uh, let's say the Knicks are a game out from making the play in versus the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Who knows? But yeah, I would stay away from afternoon games. I think it's because of the children, if we're being honest. Oh, it's the kids' fault? Kids can't bring it. They can't do it. They're not they're not vocal enough. You know? <laughs> they're too quiet. They're is that why the they candy? Is that why they have the matinees is for camps and stuff? Okay. That's why baseball a lot of I mean for baseball they do it. It's, well, it's it's two things, right? Number one, it's for events. They have a lot of kids' days. And number two, it's because the Rangers also play there and mm. they have other events going on. So it's great for them to be able to do something during the day and then something at night. But yeah, I I blame the children. The children of the future, but they're not the present. The Knicks are the present and they're losing because the children are too quiet and they're sleeping. We need, we need home court advantage. We need them to be there. So leave your kids at home. Insert Michael Jordan quote here. Yes. Thank you, Will Oliver, for your contribution. Uh, Carolina Knicks fan. Happy Merry Christmas down south. Uh, why are we consistently bad against the zone? Why? I actually thought the starting lineup has been better against the zone lately. They're bad against the zone as a second unit, which unfortunately is just very easy to stop because Deuce McBride is in it, because uh, Jericho Sims and Isaiah Hartenstein is in it. And for a while now, they've been going to RJ, who you know has been fine. Like he's been he's been a better shooter recently, but for his career is not the best of is not the most it's not the person you'd go to to beat a zone. Um, so it's really just quickly that can shoot his way out of a zone. Um, I that that would be my my reasoning, Jeremy. That's why yeah. the bat against the zone. That, I mean, RJ is great going downhill as well, and the zone mm-hmm. collides. You know, it collapses prohibits that it. in a lot yeah. of ways. So yeah, having some you know better shooters around would certainly break that up because then you're leaving open threes, and then if you can capitalize on that, probably less likely to play zone against you. Did you see Berman's tweet during the game? I saw his tweet before the game, which was which, phenomenal. God bless him. Happy oh. retirement, Mark Berman. The dream. Um, he said uh, the Knicks are missing like uh, a jump shooting wing of sorts for the second unit, kind of like an Evan Fournier type. They're not missing so that, his, his that, defense. I can tell I you that. Say, but, they're yeah. very much not missing his defense no. at the moment. No. Um, shout out. Carolina Knicks fan. Uh, also, hush zoo. Uh, shout out to you. I have I I answered your question about when the last time a Nick has scored forty on seventy percent from the field, which is which is what RJ did the other night. Um, Ewing's done it like eighteen times. First of all, like he is very very great Nick Patrick Ewing. I know it's not, not a hot take, but just he he shows up like wilt when you go through all the Knicks all time stats. Um, I'll. I'll read later after Jeremy answers this. I'll go looking for it. I have the full list of Knicks to do it on 20 shots or less. I'll read your comment first, though. This is why I'm not a fan of Randall. He played well. However, when he plays well, he gets the green light to ISO and go and go away from what worked. Just hate it. Jeremy, I'll let you react to this. I don't know about that because, I mean, he had a pretty dominant first half and was doing what I thought was a lot of the same in the beginning of the third quarter in the third quarter. And then it was like, I agree that later on when things really started to unravel, that's when it felt like it was more, Hey, let me try to power us through instead of going back to what works. So I think when the game is out of 
reach that's when it happens but he was playing within the flow of the offense for the vast majority of the game he just wasn't doing it in the fourth quarter everything kind of broke down there wasn't anyone really centering the team and and you know running any system it just it then felt like okay randall takes his isos and rj's on his own it just there was nothing really cohesive about it but for the most of the game and in the past i do feel like rj tries uh, excuse me randall tries to play within the flow it helps also when someone like Brunson is on the court to center him. Didn't have that for a lot of the fourth quarter today. Cosign. And what I also respond to Hushdu with is, so he, he said the other night, when's the last time a Nick has had um, 40 plus points on 70% shooting? And he like said, Mello's never done it. Mello's um, done eight of his 40 point games are 60, 60% or better. His highest was 69%. So he just missed it, unfortunately. Not not as nice as you'd like it to be. This so is nice. the list of Knicks to do it on uh so the the stat that I have for those listening is Knicks players to score 40 or more uh on 20 or fewer attempts and 70% shooting in a single game. It's RJ Barrett the other night, Eddie Curry did it once. Patrick Ewing did it five times during his Knicks career. Uh, Bernard King did it. Stefan Mar- Marbury did it. And then Kenny Sears did it. Uh, there's the, the context and the, the company that RJ Barrett finds himself in after that performance the other night. Um, I mean, look, for what it's worth, he had a bad game today. That was just like an outstanding performance from RJ Barrett the other night. Um, if you want to, like, your reaction to that in particular. Incredible. Great yeah, game. Yeah. Not much to add. It just wishes teammates had hit free throws. We'd have be having a different conversation. Yes, we would. Yes, we would. Um, it jumped on me, so I gotta scroll back up. Um, okay. Thank you, Hush Zoo, for the contribution. Forgotten NYC, bench O is extremely weak. Benching Rose was a mistake. Are you sure about that? I yay. Yeah, yeah. I don't um, know if I agree with that one. He's looked bad. C- cooked. So I don't know what, what is he what is he necessarily offering you? So in in a way like what Rose has has provided for the Knicks in the past years is someone who has stabilized the second unit as someone who can keep up on the defensive end like he's, he he's used his size he's like 6'3". He's been able to use his size to his advantage on smaller guards nicely. He's obviously a good playmaker. He just doesn't look like the same Derrick Rose. And the Knicks were using him in smaller quantities. And you would hope that, okay, because they're not running him out on the court to an, a huge you know, amount of minutes, that he's able to be fresher and, and kind of keep it up. He just hasn't looked good. Uh, there hasn't been a... I shouldn't say a single game, because I'm sure there's one. It's hard to find games this year where Rose has really sparkled. Just hasn't had it. And that is why the Knicks turned to Deuce McBride. Because he's younger, he can contribute more. He's better on the defensive end. It's just that Deuce doesn't give you what you would hope Rose can give you on the offensive end. No. But the defensive end is just not, it's not comparable. It's night and day. So it's to me, it's not about benching Rose and that being a mistake. It's the Knicks did not, like, things didn't work out with Evan Fournier to such degree that he is now not playable. And for whatever reasons that the Knicks have, Cam Reddish is no longer. And I was waiting for his name to come up during this post game. And so when you remove that's two, the player, I would right. wonder if you wanted to say this person should play over Deuce. That's the one I would I would have the conversation. Sure. Know? But we're now talking about 
two other guys who I believe should be ahead of Derrick Rose. And oh yeah, for yeah. other reasons they are not. And so, you know, then you turn to Rose. It's like, again, are you better off with a nine man rotation? I think you are. And even Tibbs would acknowledge that. Uh, I don't think it was, and I know it wasn't his call to necessarily have Rose be taken out, but he could have said, yeah, we could, we could mix and match. We could still do a 10 man rotation, but just even fewer minutes of Rose. It's not an option. And I think that's fine. I'm okay with that. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.